0: Drop, drop,
1: drop, these,
0: everybody. Drop, 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 drop these, everybody. Drop, 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 drop these, everybody. Drop drop, 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 drop these, everybody. I've broken the 6-12 to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You,
1: You? it was dead.
0: dead not anymore Alright. Hello, everybody. Thanks for the new intro, Zach, with all the uh, movie excerpts in it. I am here. My name is Dylan. I am here with the propped-up corpse of Michael Colby. You might recognize us for The Real Boys. This is a movie discussion podcast where we normally take people's favorite movie. A blink? Okay, no. Um. So, we take everybody's favorite movies, and we normally talk about them every other Friday. We do a real-wheel Real random selection. This week, the selection was... Re- reanimator the 1985 adaptation of hp lovecraft's 1922 short novelette of the same name well kind of no it It was herbert west reanimator and i think speaking the name of the movie has reinvigorated this corpse with life uh michael how you doing in your undeath you bastard all right usually that kind of in-character stuff is a sign that michael enjoyed the movie (laughs) hi (laughs) how you doing michael uh well
1: i was dead but uh i'm better now okay Uh, so um yeah i think we can get through this movie
0: yeah well welcome back to this side of the veil uh for those of you who don't know reanimator also known as hp lovecraft reanimator from 1985 is a comedy horror every every description listed as a comedy uh, it's about, I was
1: laughing my ass through it all the way through it. Like, it, it's funny.
0: <laughs> it is. It's not a setup punchline comedy. No, it is a comedy by virtue of the fact that the delivery and the situations that the characters get into are presented in a. Not it. It, it knows exactly yeah. what it is. It knows exactly what it is, and it leans into it.
1: Yeah, and these everyone in this movie is just chewing up this scenery it is one of the most like it's not good but it's one of the most perfectly acted horror movies like every single person in this movie is cranked up to
0: 13 it it may not it's not a good movie i agree with you but it is an entertaining watch Mm -hmm. (laughs) i had a great time uh for anyone who doesn't know it's a really simple story uh a guy named herbert west who has a shady background in medical experimentation, transfers to Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts, the stomping ground of everything H.P. Lovecraft writes in America, mostly. Uh, meets up with a guy named Dan, his girlfriend, and they practice and m- kind of create a way to reanimate dead human flesh. And things yep. go badly. Yeah, yes. That's the, that's the entirety of the plot. Things
1: go badly. Yeah. I'm always surprised I we watch this movie every year in my household Um, and I'm always surprised at how good of a job they do taking a story from the 1920s like the early 20s and like adapting it to the mid 80s and the story stays very well intact uh nothing really feels out of place and it's yeah it's definitely not a good movie uh but it is one of the most fun movies that you can watch and it has a cat murder in it but it's not played off in uh in a way that makes me angry it's like a it's, I was about it, to say a scary cat death, but it's also a hilarious cat death because the cat doll it's that cute. is attacking it's cute. her in the basement. <laughs> oh, like yeah. we were just laughing our asses off watching this cat doll that mm-hmm. was like safety pinned to the back of his shirt.
0: He's selling it's that so cat good. attack though. He He's is throwing it. himself around that room. Yep. They did a thing, which I really like. Oh, fun is better than good. Anytime you're right. Nostalgic. You're I'm right. I'm with you on that. Yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree with that. And I, I that scene, I mean, we're not going to go in like a scene, a move, a plot by plot recount. Cause there's not a lot to talk about, but we can start. Um, that cat scene is a really good example of how this movie is like very tightly made because that cat will look, it doesn't look great, clearly, no. but the way that they light the room and the motion that he's exhibiting when he moves around does a good job where you're like, I can get over the fact that there's a, a, a rag of fur pinned to this guy's yeah. shirt <laughs> with, you know, the classic cat yelling play Yeah, because they are all giving it their all. Yeah. This
1: has very like, Every time I watch this, I'm thinking Evil Dead 2 because that has the same thing. Everybody's everybody's cranked up to 13. We have our our protagonist. I, I don't know if I would call Herbert West the protagonist. We have our main character um acting what? sort of against himself mm-hmm. in a hilarious <laughs> manner. Like it 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 yeah, it definitely It definitely grabbed some Evil Dead 2, you know, out of the performances in this movie.
0: Yeah, Nostalgic uh, commented totally. Haven't seen it, but we'll definitely look into it. Love Schlock. This movie is Schlock.
1: Yeah, it's on on Tubi. It's on Tubi for free, and it's on Shudder. If you like horror, you should be subscribed to Shudder anyway. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Yeah. We're not sponsored by them. And we're not sponsored <laughs> by Shudder, but I, I tell everybody, like, if there was one streaming service that I was going to pay for, it would be Shudder. It's wonderful. I love it.
0: But that does go into what defines this movie as Schlock. Like, what is it? Um, and I think, I think Sherlock is, uh, you know, kind of like recognize it when you see it sort of thing. But uh, a comment I came across from one of the production people on this movie is that until this movie, the most blood that most fake blood they had ever used in a film was two gallons. (laughs) Reanimator used 24. Uh So There's a a lot of blood in this movie. (laughs) There's a lot of blood and it's generally pretty well used. Like everybody gets real dirty and it's Mm -hmm. not like they're staying clean after hoisting these bodies around. Like everybody's getting pretty, uh, pretty roughed up. There's one blood. Like speaking of blood, blood
1: scenes there's one um when the dean is getting murdered he gets his fingers bit off and yeah. then he gets thrown against the wall and the handprint that's on the wall noticeably only has three fingers two fingers and a thumb like you can see it on the wall and i was like that's a really cool detail like this is a bad movie but they pay attention. It's very red blood nostalgic. It's, it's like, it's not like red paint blood, but it's very freshly. It's like the grenadine that
0: I use on my, the the rest of this movie is a lot of low lit, like academic hallways, uh, walk-in freezers, a lot of people in like tweed coats. So the movie is not very, Like brightly lit or vibrant, but two things are brightly colored. The blood is really red. It's not pink like you can get sometimes with bad fake blood. It looks red. It's like crimson. Yeah. And the reanimator serum is like this bright, glowing, fluorescent green.
1: Glowing green.
0: It is, it's, and that stands out. And the last shot of the movie has that vial slowly get depleted. And I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it because I do think. We keep saying this is a bad movie, and I think we should clarify (laughs) because being a bad movie does not mean you can't enjoy this and watch it and have a great time.
1: This is a very enjoyable movie. I I mean, yeah, I would call those I would call those first two evil dead movies bad movies, but I'll watch those any day of the week. Like horror is one of those. Horror is one of those genres where. I kind of feel like the worse the movie is the better. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And this one in particular, you know, it's October 1st when we're recording this and putting it out live. Um, And this is a really nice way to kind of like ease yourself into spooky season. Uh, yeah. Cause it has, it, it, it oscillates between like <sighs> pretty sincere horror at what they're doing. And. Some really comedic, just kind of like you're like, oh man, that's cute. You know, it's like it was like it was it made for like 900, 900 000, million dollars. <laughs> Nine, <laughs> uh, uh 900,000 is the reported budget. And this was in 1985 money, so I don't, I don't know what that generally translates to, but not much. Not much. That's that's not a high budget, even back then. Um, and it kind of looks like it, but. Again, it's really well-utilized. You have two locate. You have like two and a half locations. You have the school and Dan's apartment or house. Mm-hmm. And then you get the beginning with the, the German Institute, which could also be in the same building. That's for sure in the yeah. same building <laughs> that the school and the morgue are in. But it, it's a very economic movie. And that doesn't necessarily detract from it. It's just a style thing. I mean, it's Stuart Allen Gordon. That guy is like... He did Reanimator. He did From Beyond. He did a few other Lovecraft-inspired things. From um, Beyond is amazing. From Beyond is a trip. Yeah. From Beyond is on the other end of Schlock for this, whereas this is goofy Schlock. From Beyond is creepy.
1: Yeah, um, and are it, you? It's it's also with. Oh, uh, uh, I always oh, forget his Jeffrey name. Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs is looks... also in that, and he is. He's one of the best schlocky horror actors that there is. He's like, he's like on the Mount Rushmore of horror actors for me.
0: Absolutely. He's got like, it looks almost like he's wearing prosthetics on his face because it's, it, there are parts of it that are so pronounced and so smooth. Yeah. And every, whenever he emotes, he's always just like,
1: he has, yeah, he's, and he snaps. He's the got pencils, big emotions, got big emotions and he shows them and he's him and Kyle McLaughlin could have played
0: brothers in something. <laughs> <clears throat> he his delivery is always is so sinister and a mm-hmm. little fey, but he never like he's never outright like villainous. He is just he's, he's driven.
1: <laughs> yes, and he's also very like I'm smarter and better than you. And it like and the way that he acts again cranked up past where you need to be um it really portrays that it's he i don't think that he could do too much
0: outside of horror
1: (laughs) but he's like perfect in these horror movies
0: um did you know this was originally written as a stage play
1: I believe that.
0: Yeah. And, uh, they did eventually put on a stage adaptation. It was a musical. Um, I don't like that. I, I'd be willing to go see it like a local production of it. I'd be into it, Hmm. but you know, it would have to be its own thing. Um, but this does feel like an adapted stage play in that, like we were talking about, there aren't many characters. They're usually constrained to single settings. Uh, (laughs) And I guess the use of like, I guess the use of fake blood kind of feels like, you know, some guy behind the stage with like a squirt bottle, just like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it definitely has at points. It has the feeling of when they have the, like the hose up their sleeve and they're Mm -hmm. like holding it and it's just shooting out. They did that a lot on like Saturday Night live and stuff uh, when they're doing the stage. Yeah. But yeah, the amount of blood is ridiculous. And, the like the best uses of it and where it gets used the most is usually on Herbert's clean white shirts that he keeps changing into yes. and then immediately <laughs> just gets splattered with blood. And then like somebody will reach up and grab him. And then he has like a handprint with like a slide down on his, on his white shirt. After the yes.
0: scene with the, uh, the Dean, the, when he is just like up to his, his white shirt is coated in blood up to the elbows. Yep. And he's like, listen, I'm not doing anything wrong here. We got the freshest corpse we can possibly have. Yeah. Every second we spend talking is wasting time. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'm not necessarily on your side, but I understand where you're coming from.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely a, it's definitely a one goal And nothing will stop that goal character. And that's how it was written in the original. Um, Yes. And I think the original, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've read the short story. But if I remember, it does take place in the house that they're living in at the university. And I think there's only one scene where they're like robbing a grave. Yes, I do believe they're in a graveyard digging someone up at the very beginning of that short story. But otherwise, like I said, this is this is very. It's very faithful to the story, which
0: it's it distills the novelette in a lot of ways, because the novelette is told over the course of like 20 years. It's a long term thing, and it's about the two of them. It's about Dan and. Herbert. Yeah. Herbert West. Yeah. It's about Dan and Herbert West spending a long, like a large portion of their life attempting to perfect this resurrection serum or reanimator serum. They rob graves. They get involved in, I think it's typhus typhoid. Uh, when typhoid breaks out, they get involved in helping people with typhoid so they can take those corpses, get involved in world war one. They get a boxer body. I There was a, um, if you go to YouTube. Oh, that's right.
1: There was a boxer body.
0: If you go to YouTube, you can actually find a, it's an hour and 20 minutes long of um, Jeffrey Combs reading this as an audiobook. And it was okay. done about the time that they did this film. So it's really interesting to go and listen to the guy who plays the character reading out the actual source material.
1: Yeah, and this is definitely in the public domain. Uh, a lot of H.P. Lovecraft stuff is. I've listened to like dramatic podcast readings of all sorts of H.P. Lovecraft stuff, and it's always like they always find some very good people to read these stories.
0: You really <laughs> have to have so yeah. Well, uh, Zach and I, for anybody who wants to listen, my buddy Zach and I for some nobodies did a review of Lovecraft Country episode by episode. So there are 12 episodes of us. You can go watch it on HBO and listen to us talk about it at the same time. Go download that show. We worked really hard okay. on it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, self-promotion over. Um we haven't talked yet about um oh man, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember some of these people's names because it's uh, most of for, for the most part they just kind of fulfill their role. You've Mm got main character. You have the reanimator, Herbert West. You have the Dean. You have the girlfriend. Um, you have the teacher, like the evil professor, uh, Megan. That's it. You've got this little like love, not even a love triangle. It's like an unreciprocated, like love angle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the two main people. And then there's a third one like over (laughs) here. Um, and that is where a lot of the less savory parts of the movie come in. Yeah. One scene in particular. <laughs> yes.
1: There is, as in so many horror movies, there is a scene where it's gratuitous and it's, but it's also like really solidifying characters as like evil evil it is and, and yeah. this professor is creepy through the whole thing towards her yes. um but then once cuz you sort of see that the the serum takes away a lot of the higher thought processes as so we're does. yeah we're just dealing with Animal instincts, and you know, this guy was fascinated with this Megan beforehand, and now he doesn't have anything stopping him from doing stuff to her. So, um, yeah, he it... is holding his own head and assaulting all up and down <laughs> yep. her oh, nude. For no reason, well, not for no reason. This is
0: <laughs> I mean, this is
1: horrifying. <laughs> like and it's, then it's a hor-
0: it's a horrific moment. It's not it's, it, yet. Yeah, it, it is not it's, titillating whatsoever. No, Ugh. no,
1: it's definitely not. And it's also not one of the only times in the movie where there's nothing that could be even construed as humorous happening. So I think it's done the best way it could have been, but I can definitely still see people not wanting to see it because it is graphic.
0: That is the moment where I think a lot of people look away from the screen.
1: Yeah. and (laughs) Understandably so. Yeah. I I don't blame them. I, I mean, I've seen this movie a bunch of times and, um, Again, I'm going to compare this to Evil Dead again, but there's also a scene like that in the first Mm -hmm. Evil Dead, and there are ways that you can do that. (sighs) There are ways that you can do it, and like it has a purpose in the movie. It isn't... It, It is to solidify these things as evil um and if they would have had any sort of because like like you said and like i said i was laughing through this whole movie and it's billed as like a comedy horror and if they would have put any comedy in that part that would have been a bad decision but this movie's sort of skirts bad decisions everywhere which is another one of its strengths
0: well that scene in particular goes on for a a little while and then just before it gets to the point where it's like all right we're like it's just it devolves herbert breaks in the door and (laughs) what is it it's like you're a pretty lousy professor. If all you do is hang out with this bubble headed co-ed or something like that. Like he says something snarky and the tension's broken and he's got his head held to his chest because he's obviously inside a suit poking (laughs) his head out. (laughs) um, Which is just another Testament to the practicality of the filmmaking. But (laughs) the scene goes on long enough for you to feel horrified Mm -hmm. without Going into overly gratuitous territory. And on the other end of it, you have the comedic moment of these one liners that Herbert West delivers just with a straight deadpan. Yeah. And then in the background, you see Dan helping her off the table. So it, it, it very, it knows what to do with its time. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. This is a,
1: it's less than 90 minutes. It's an hour. 26 minutes um and it it does feel a little bit long because there are some there are more slow parts than you would normally want in a schlocky horror movie like this especially in the beginning until it gets going like once it gets going it just stays in overdrive but it it takes a while longer than you would like for it to get
0: there i i don't know i the the beginning felt like build-up and i think that plays really strongly off jeffrey Combs's like sinister kind of like when he shows up outside dan's door and is like i'm here for the apartment it's yeah like, and, he, and he's not he's not he's not like uh bartering he's not saying i'm interested in applying he's like i'm here for the apartment the basement will do fine yeah and And then and then he's shirtless uh, and very clearly involved with this you know in the private time with this woman and he just kind of lets himself into the building yeah and then she says she
1: says oh you know don't you want to talk about this before you make this decision and he's like no the decision is made i'm Mm -hmm. living here
0: And you have these weird, like the little comedic moments when he's in the lecture with the doctor and he's snapping the pencils to show his disapproval. Mm -hmm. And he snaps the pencil and it shows the doctor staring at him and he just lifts up another pencil and gets it ready. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't know. The beginning, I understand it feeling slow, but it never felt like it was wasting time. No,
1: no, it doesn't waste the time. It's a very, it's a very well-made movie for the way it's made. But yeah, it it does drag a little bit. Maybe, maybe that was me being hungry before, because I didn't eat before I watched it. <laughs> so I may have been a little bit grumpy, and I'm like, "Can we just get to the zombies already?" <laughs> yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> Which we we get a pretty good zombie reveal scene at the end. There, when, when the zombies pop off the gurneys.
1: Yeah, when we. the best character in, and this is, this is going towards everyone. Has it cranked up in this movie? My favorite character in this movie is this security guard Yeah, down at the morgue because he's just like, you know, he's (laughs) laughing and having fun with this doctor. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, when shit's going down and he's like, he looks in, he sees what's going on and he's just like, fuck this and he just yep. runs away and i'm like perfect Damn. and but but like the exaggerated look on his face the exaggerated like almost cartoon you know where he starts to pump up to start running is just it's perfect it's yeah that character is hilarious and then you don't see him the rest of the time He has yep, got he made the hell out. out of that building and <laughs> yeah i was like uh, i was like this this is it's little details like that. Like I said, we're not we're not spending a lot of money to make this movie, and it shows. But the little details that they don't skimp out on is what makes what makes this thing what it is.
0: It, I my favorite scene with that security guard is when, um, what's his name, Doctor Hill, the the bad guy. Mm -hmm. after he has had his head removed with a shovel and reanimated Mm -hmm. is sneaking into the morgue with a, with like an anatomy skull on his forehead and he's sneaking sideways because half of it is just skull. And the security guard's just like, are you Dr. Hill? How you doing? Break time. And he just gets up and leaves. And I'm like, yeah, all right, way to go, man. That, that,
1: that anatomy head. Is hilariously oversized. And I was like, I'm watching this and I'm like, man, this thing looks stupid. Why is it so big? And then I (laughs) I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, because it needs to fit over top of somebody's head later. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I you know, you gotta do what you gotta do with that. You
1: gotta do what you gotta do. And it it I I can't fault that because I have definitely done things like podcast podcast production like costumes and stuff where you do the best with what you have and that's what you have to work with and you know i i think it shows through when you care about what you're doing even if you don't have the resources to do exactly what you want but if you're doing what you want with what you have it shows, and it really shows in this movie.
0: And I think there's an aspect to leaning into it that gets the audience on your side because mm-hmm. it feels like the filmmaker is be is acknowledging, "Hey, we know this doesn't look great. Yeah, C- go with it. Yeah. We're going with it. You yeah. guys come along and yeah, then, follow, and then, follow yeah, us. We'll, yeah.
1: we'll we'll take you somewhere you want to go. I promise.
0: We're gonna have a great time." It's not going to look great, but it doesn't need to because we're all yeah. having fun.
1: Yeah, we're going
0: to have some bumps in the road, but we'll yeah we'll get over those. Which is more than you can say for some other Lovecraft adaptations, I think. Which I think I think uh, an issue that a lot of them run into is that they try too hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking in particular of the re- most recent Color Out of Space adaptation with Nicolas Cage. Yes. Isn't a bet, it's not a bad movie. There are some. Have you seen it? Yeah, there are some moments in that movie that are some of the most. I mean, speaking brutally, fucked up things I've seen in a movie as far as yeah. what happens to characters in between those like really high points. Mm-hmm. It is dull, yeah. Um, and yeah, I it, lovecraft adaptations have the issue where they have to overcome a hundred years of progress in prose and uh more than 100 years progress in social values yes and they also have
1: to get over the fact that lovecraft didn't describe his creatures or anything in great detail um as far as i know the only thing like like in uh Oh, what's the one that the th- that takes it takes place up in Antarctica. And then there's like the barrel creatures with um, the,
0: at the mountains of madness at the mountains with, with of the elder things. Yeah, they
1: <laughs> they just des- he describes those very well. Like I've seen drawings of a lot mm-hmm. of different Lovecraft creatures. And that's the only one that's like really consistent besides Cthulhu, which he drew himself but as far as i know cthulhu is the only one that he ever put an image down on paper himself everything else is just sort of described and those those barrel creatures are the only things that that he describes like to the point where people can draw them or you know do whatever with them consistently everything else looks wildly different
0: <laughs> it's Lovecraft's descriptions are either hyper detailed in ways that you wish they weren't because because compared to how we describe people today socially it's not acceptable or their main character looks at it says I lost my mind for a little bit just mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine something that would do that and then I got back and we're okay and it or you know and then I got back to New England am I okay I don't know. You figured out no, um, you're not okay. <laughs> like there are, there are a lot of descriptions for other characters he's done. They tend to take on humanoid forms with one or two things that are not, uh, not right. Yeah. You, know, you know, you've got, you've got, you got your character who looks human, except there's something, there's no yeah, hair there's, whatsoever. Yeah. There's
1: something slightly off.
0: Yeah. Um, he's playing a violin in front
1: of a window 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs>
0: That's my um, favorite.
1: That's my favorite Lovecraft short story. Yeah. Um, the music of Eric Zahn. If you if you've never read that, definitely check that one out. It's right. like 40 pages or something like that.
0: Um But I think as far as Lovecraftian stuff goes, have you seen In the Mouth of Madness? Carpenter? Yeah. Yeah. That one does a really good job like cuz they built practical puppets and Mm -hmm. you know animatronic creatures to show the horde of the horde of the eldritch creatures coming down the hallway and it's all poorly lit and it's really close and stuttery camera and it's all like wet teeth and like inhuman eyes and like multi-jointed claws you never get a full like full image of them and that's how that's how it works in Lovecraft. Because if yeah. you got a full image of them, you'd go crazy.
1: Yeah, you need you need tight spaces too, because a lot of those stories take place in, you know, underneath pyramids or you know in caves in Antarctica or whatever. It yeah, it's always it's always either in the ocean, which is why I hate the beach to this day. <laughs> like, got you. I can't go near an ocean without being like, uh. There's, I can see an island out there. Is that where the fish people? <laughs> sure is. <laughs> oh no, I don't, I don't want any of it. Um, oh, man. But yeah, it's either the, the ocean or just tight, compact tunnels underneath something. And yeah, it's, and this Even though this isn't in anywhere, we're always in a basement or we're in a morgue or we're in, you know, a classroom and it does always feel claustrophobic. And it, you know, everything that's happening is happening in somewhere that you can't escape it. And that helps with the the actual horror that's going along with these. Quite frankly, hilarious performances and, uh, like props. <laughs> the yeah. only thing that looks good is the blood.
0: Everything, uh, everything looks, it does look kind of like a, like a 50 sci-fi B movie where yeah. it's either, the, it's either like really cheap stuff or stuff that is pretty clearly made out of cardboard and like plywood.
1: Yeah. The makeup is very good though. Um, like the, the Dean's when he, you know, gets reanimated and he's in that padded room. Yeah. He looks scary. Like that's very good, very effective horror makeup. Um, And the other thing that I think works really well that I never noticed until this time, but the soundtrack is very cool. Like it, it goes when it needs to, it like crescendos. It's, it's almost like a John Carpenter, soundtrack it's like synthy and it's high pitched and it's piercing and it gets to where it needs to be during the action and it like builds itself up it's it's a very good score to this movie i shouldn't have said soundtrack the the score itself
0: well whatever nobody's nobody's gonna get mad at us we're not you know dunking on some indonesian action movie um (laughs) But um, this, I mean, the guy who scored this movie, Richard Band, he's done h- horror movies back since the 70s. Like he he did this. He did From Beyond. Okay. Uh, he did Puppet Master. He did Dungeon Master. He did Troll, the original, not Troll 2. Okay. I've never seen Troll 2. <sighs> it has a reputation for being, Troll 2 is a movie that's not fun to watch. You would, You should just watch clips on YouTube. Uh-huh. The entire thing is, it is a dull, bad movie. There are better okay. bad movies out here to watch. Um,
1: like, that's how I feel about Plan 9 from Outer Space. Aw. Like, everybody's like, oh, it's so fun. And I'm like, no, it is dull as dirt.
0: <laughs> I haven't watched it in almost a decade. Well, and...
1: I'm here to tell you that it is dull as dirt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do with bad, good, bad movies. And when a new one comes along, it kind of pushes out one that didn't do it quite as well. Yeah. I will say Birdemic Shock and Terror still holds up if you're looking for something that is completely incompetent. Um, I think I did watch that. I'm I'm over
1: the bad on purpose movies. Your Tammy and the T-Rexes, your Sharknadoes, <laughs> your Birdemics. I would much rather have a a horror movie that's sincere and fails in its sincerity rather than one that's like, look what we're doing. Ha ha ha, ha. That's why I like, you know, this, I liked a
0: malignant a lot. So um, i not watched it, but I've heard nothing but good. It's, it's one of things.
1: It's one of those very schlocky movies. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I, I enjoy stuff like that much better than, than a bird demic or, a, and I did watch, I think I watched the first three Sharknado's and are there more than three bird Birdemics?
0: Oh, oh, I have no idea how many Birdemics there are, but they're like, they, they've been, they're still, I think they're still doing Sharknado. I, I can't with the, and
1: once they started with all those, uh, like the cameos and everything, it's like, Oh, look who's in this one. It's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah.
0: Um, Put some podcasters in there and then I'll watch. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, if anybody from sci-fi is uh, listening or watching at any point, we're probably still doing this when you're listening to it. So contact one of us. We'll be in your movie. I don't know. Oh yeah. I'll be in
1: your movie for sure.
0: Yeah, Um, absolutely. I would love
1: like, pay for my travel in my
0: hotel room and I'll show up.
1: Yeah. Even, even a birdemic or a, or a Sharknado, I'll gladly, (laughs) you know, Oh, I'm sitting here at my (laughs) microphone no, wait, what's going on? Ah, and then a shark clamps onto my head. Ah.
0: It, it will, <laughs> I'll will do be, it from here. <laughs> we'll be the stars of the uh, uh, Sharknado, like computer virus edition, where they're sending sharks through your TV sc- through your oh, computer screens. And we're sitting at, you know, you're sitting in and it shows you from behind your computer screen. And then the shark just comes out and pulls you <laughs> into the computer screen. There you I go. Would watch, I would watch that. They figured out how to
1: shoot the sharks out of the internet. (laughs) The sharks figured it out themselves. Oh, the sharks figured out the shark scientists figured out how to get themselves through the airwaves. They would be like the the electric gremlin in Gremlins 2.
0: (laughs) You have like a scientist who's played by someone like David Spade. Like the shark's... (laughs) The sharks are learning, man. Like, oh, you know, he's just got a lab coat on.
1: That's a great way to get Spade on our side to do our other project with him. Yeah. All right
0: if you want to if you want to catch all of these references and understand the context go listen to twitching upstream from this last week (laughs) or the on the uh the september 28th episode where we did a story called a spade too far a
1: spade too far which means nothing unless you actually watch this
0: no go listen to it it's a good time which was
1: which is wild i It went. It went so many different places than I thought it would. But anyway, we're supposed to be talking about uh, Herbert Re- West
0: Reanimator. Sure. Which uh, I think we did. I. You. I mean, we get to this point sometimes when we talk about a movie. Just the two of us have noticed mm-hmm. where it's like kind of said what we need to say, and oftentimes yeah. we manage to go further because we bring up a point we hadn't thought about. Yeah. This movie is. I don't want to say sparse but it's targeted. It has, it is a story about a guy and his unwitting accomplice figuring out how to reanimate things. And it goes badly. Yeah. Um,
1: it's definitely a much, it's a much easier watch than it is to talk about because of, you know, the pacing is very good once it gets going and the visuals are very striking because, even though we are in a lot of dimly lit corridors, but you said that it's almost all dimly lit, but when they're in the morgue, like when they're in classrooms, it's, it's, it's brightly lit and the blood on these white, you know, everybody's wearing white shirts and, you know, they want to make sure that we're getting that blood contrast. Um, and you know, then when it does go dark, that's when they pull out that that syringe full of that glowing green stuff. Oh, man, yep. it's it's a treat to look at Um, it it. Yeah. And yep. then, yeah, we have we have one unfortunate scene. But again, that's that's a real. This is an evil character, which I have less of a problem with. You know, there's just no like,
0: doubt. There's no doubt in your mind while it's happening. Filmmakers did not intend you to be any on any one side, except nope. this is awful.
1: Yeah, this <laughs> is, which is
0: what you need to do in that situation. Yes, and this is what I always say when
1: we're talking about you know the homophobia and the racism in a lot of the movies that we watch. It's like if the villain is saying it, okay, I get it. It's just when your your heroes are doing it. And we don't really have any heroes in this movie.. Um, so you know, whatever. it's it's an unfortunate scene to watch, but it's it's solidifying our villain as an evil entity. So yeah, and I don't like I've seen a lot of movies with Barbara Crampton in them. And she does get naked a lot. I don't think she has a problem with it. I've never heard her say that she had a problem with it. So, you know, it's a movie where we're fine. <laughs> um, I
0: think she was apparently brought in as the second actor to be that character because the other one left. And I
1: believe that.
0: Yeah. Um. She's got a scream to her. She's very good at screaming. She's got a great oh, horror movie scream.
1: Yeah. And she's again, I'm, you know, that's a majority of what I watch is, is horror movies and she's in a lot of them. And she's definitely a scream queen, possibly the best one that there ever was. She's in the, she's in the discussion anyway.
0: Oh yeah. She's absolutely in the running. Um, I do think, um, I can't remember her name. Laura Palmer does a really
1: good unhinged. scream. Oh, she is a great screamer.
0: Yeah. Um, but she's not in as many things going to isolate thing. that line of audio. Um. <laughs> Send it to me. I'll, I'll okay, use that yeah. as
1: my ringtone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, no, um, I, I think, I mean, this is a recommendation from me. I know we're not oh. quite at ratings, but I just want to yeah. like, and this movie seems to have been pretty well kind of regarded. Like people listed in their like best, it's become a cult hit. Yeah. Uh it's got a re- guess what this Rotten Tomatoes rating is. Hmm. 83. You're off by 10%. It's 93. Wow. Yeah, with an average of 7.8. Okay. People like this movie, and I, I I'm kind of glad. Yeah. That there is that there is um not admiration, but appreciation Appreci- for yeah, appreciation. something as goofy, but sincere as this yeah. movie is. Cause yep. I, you know, I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing something right now about it. Uh, it's an idea that Zach and I did on, uh, talking upstream back in the day where a cop gets possessed by a demon and goes out to fight crime. And it's called deadbeat. Um, and it's it's gonna be kind of schlocky, but sincere if we can manage it. So, okay. I I'm glad that there is still there are still people here who do that.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's big in the horror community. I think because I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm like oh, in the horror community we appreciate because that's not but. The the Sharknados and the Birdemics, like these these crazy, you know, stupid over the top movies, I think get a much bigger audience. I think they're more easily accessible to people who don't really like horror, like don't want to watch the the real, like the gorier, the more. Yeah almost serious movies and i totally get that but you're always going to have an audience for this kind of stuff because there's there is people who would rather watch a reanimator than a sharknado and it might not be the biggest audience in the world but if you do it right you know people are going to be on your side for that type of project
0: yeah no i think so as well um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to drag this out if we can. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean,
1: yeah, I don't, I feel like we don't need to. Uh, do you have any other um Lovecraft movies that you're you know, because I know a couple of years ago because we watch a horror movie every day in mm-hmm. October. Um, in my household and we did a real we did a real Lovecraft movie thing and there's some there's some terrible ones but like this um, yeah in the mouth of madness is great there is a it's what the best is the Lovecraft one?
0: adaptation that has nothing that is not based on a Lovecraft story the thing uh, in the mouth of madness yeah yeah. Okay. Not the thing. Not the thing. Um, the thing
1: is also very Lovecraftian.
0: Yes. Uh Oh, what up Xenonox? It's been a minute. Um The thing is I mean, that's an adaptation of a that's a that's a remake of a 50s B movie. Yeah. Um and for good reason I think people remember the 80s one. Um I love that movie. But the idea of aliens crash landing in antarctica eons ago getting frozen over mm. is originated with at the mountains of madness mm. um there was a planned adaptation of the mountains of madness guillermo del toro has been trying to make that for at least a oh decade, yeah two decades and if anybody
1: can do it it's guillermo del toro
0: well he put elder things in uh, his Hellboy movies—you can see them—the the stock barrel-shaped, five-limbed things—you mm-hmm. can see them in the background of the Hellboy movies because he's a huge Lovecraft nerd. Um, but um, as far as other Lovecraft adaptations go, man, it's kind of slim pickings.
1: As far it's, as in modern, it, modern, yeah, but in the eighties there was a lot of them. Um, yeah, there's god i am blanking on everything today it's probably because my brain's not working uh again from you know being dead earlier Um, right but with the fish people Dagon. dagon is that
0: yes dagon from
1: 2001 yes and that's the one where the the boat crash lands the boat crash the boat sinks And then there's, like, this real nerdy goofball with a Miskatonic University
0: sweatshirt on. The yacht yacht crashes, yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, that movie, like, I was surprised with how much that movie ruled.
0: There was a short film adaptation of The Call of Cthulhu that I saw, this was back in, like, 2005, on, like, Vimeo. Where it was a black and white, like film reel style. So everybody was moving a little faster. It was in the style of silent films. Okay. And it was a very it was a very straight adaptation of it where crew of a ship crash lands on an island that shouldn't be there. They explore the island, it gets weird. Cthulhu shows up for a second, gets rammed, and that's it. That's the story. Does but it, it had
1: to show cause there is in the call of Cthulhu, there's something that I see in my mind very clearly that I've never seen in a movie, but when the ship splits him in half and then he describes him like, like morphing back together, like healing himself. And I like, I've never seen it
0: in a movie. It might be. Like I said, this was over, this was a long time ago. Um, but it had little visual tricks like um, uh, Roulier, the city that Cthulhu allegedly sleeps in, the island that they crash on, is supposed to have non-Euclidean geometry, which means mm-hmm. it doesn't follow geometry as we understand it. And so there's, it's like a shot of the sailors exploring the island, and there's a rock piece, like there's a rock piece of the set with like a crack on it. And one of the characters like steps on it and falls into it and it's way too narrow. And it's like this weird, like it, it shouldn't be, but it is. It, and that's one of the most evocative kind of Lovecraftian images I've seen. Um, But a lot of modern adaptations, including uh, Lovecraft country, which I'm on record of. I like that. Tend to turn his monsters into more conventional, like, meat creature you know mm-hmm. like monsters mm-hmm. as opposed to insanity inducing bags of matter mm-hmm. that might not be real like yeah but the original it's hard to adapt is the yeah because there's
1: definitely like the way that cthulhu is described at least by lovecraft himself is very squid like like very invertebrate and yes. they don't Really, like, anytime they put him in stuff, he always has, like, a big human body, which definitely looks cooler. But there's something about just, like, just like squid and octopus in general that's creepy. You know, they they have different DNA than everything mm-hmm. else. They have different eye structures than everything else. Like, they are basically aliens, and there is something about what they're able to accomplish just being squishy <laughs> things um yeah that has always like again why stay away from the ocean if i can because i don't i think if even the smallest octopus ever touched me when i was in the ocean i would have a heart attack and die <laughs> like sure. i just i don't like the thought of those things existing
0: <laughs> yeah And
1: I think that makes for a scarier Cthulhu than, like, just a big, giant, strong whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, um, I've talked about it already, but the color out of space, the 2019 one, does a fair job of adapting that story, at least. Because the color in, for those of you who don't know, it's a meteorite crash lands on a farm and it starts leaking a color nobody's ever seen before. And that twists things when they encounter it. But, and it messes up a family. Um, but, you know, the color is represented by magenta because magenta doesn't appear naturally on the color spectra- spectrum. It does weird stuff. And then it kind of devolves into just crazy axe murder stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I it, it's, when you're starved for Lovecraft adaptations, that kind of co- capture the theme of it. I think it's probably enough. And it's really interesting because it's the guy who um, did the horrific uh, attempt at adapting Island of Dr. Moreau, Richard Stanley. I don't know if you know that story. Oh, is that the
1: same guy?
0: (laughs) Same guy from the 1996 Moreau.
1: Yeah, I'm a big uh, H.G. Wells fan as well. Okay. Um, I love H.G. Wells stuff like the Invisible Man, um, uh, the alien one. Uh, War of the Worlds. War of the world <laughs> I don't think they've I don't think they've ever adapted that into a good movie either. I thought you were gonna because say it I don't is think a, they ever it,
0: they never actually say the title.
1: Yeah, and it's a weird story because it ends with all of the aliens dying from just germs that we have.
0: It's you got the Tom you got the Tom Cruise of movie from two
1: thousand four. I can't look at Tom Cruise's face. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. it's it's fine
1: yeah but um why was i why was i talking about hULs all of a sudden
0: uh because i brought up island of dr moreau because oh, the yeah, director okay. of that direct is directing yeah. a trilogy of lovecraft movies okay <laughs> he's doing the dunwich horror next which i believe is i don't think it's a monster one i think it's a i think it's a mad science one because Lovecraft wrote three things: he wrote ghosts, mad science, mm-hmm. and Eldritch abominations. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Dunwich Horror is an, is an Eldritch horror movie. Okay, cool. It's gonna be like a like a monster movie. That's gonna be a good one. But he's doing a trilogy of Lovecraft movies. He did The Color Out of Space recently. He's doing Dunwich Horror, and he hasn't announced what the third one is. But it's Dunwich the one where the the there's like a prince, and he lives in an
1: underground. Like, kingdom, and then he finds himself up on the surface world?
0: I don't think so. And then everyone's
1: afraid of him?
0: No, Dunwich Horror is when um, there's, like like, a thing in the barn and the only person who could do anything to it dies and then it gets really big and destroys most of the town.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I get, I also, because... Anytime I've ever read Lovecraft is always in compilations of short stories. So everything sort of smooshes together. Yeah. So I never
0: remember what's what also bad brain. Yeah. Um, And then the only other Lovecraft thing that really comes to mind when I think about it is an HBO original movie from 1990 called to cast a deadly spell. Uh, it's got Julianne Moore, uh, okay. Clancy Brown. Oh, I'm double in. Fred Ward. Okay. From uh, Tremors, I think it was in Tremors. Um, and it's got uh, David Warner. He's a uh, the British villain and everything, but okay. it's about how Detective Howard Philip Lovecraft is a private eye in Chicago or in New York, where everybody uses magic except for him. Hmm. It's very fun. It's not okay. great. It's, uh, there are certain plot points that don't necessarily line up with modern values and that's all I'm going to say about it. But it's mm-hmm. not, it's never, it's never hateful. Okay. But it's, it's fun. Uh, It's another one of those schlocky ones where the money is clearly not necessarily there, but they tried. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's worth uh, a look. I mean,
1: Julianne Moore and Clancy Brown. I'll, I'll watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, As far as Lovecraft adaptations into movies, I do think that this is the best one. I think Reanimator is is the best one. Um, It's the one that I would definitely watch over anything else that's been adapted. I watched the first two episodes of Lovecraft Country, and I liked it, but I also have a very short attention span. And if I stop watching
0: something, I very rarely go back to it. So... (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I I would I would recommend Lovecraft Country if you have time to watch an eight, uh, ten episode hour long. I think it's 10, 8 or ten hour long episode series. It's got some fun monster stuff throughout. Um, and it you know it's got your social commentary that you like so much. I I do like pretty I do, heavily. I,
1: that's the part that I liked about it, and I yeah. was like, but it also just like every other HBO show that I seem to watch, it takes forever to get going and then apparently i stopped watching them at the exact point where the stuff starts happening
0: (laughs) if you only watch the first two episodes that third one is where things kind of start yeah (laughs) of course yeah that's how it works yeah but uh i think that's all i've got to say about uh reanimator lovecraft adaptations that sort of stuff tonight you got anything else
1: no i mean Mm -hmm. yeah reanimator rules (laughs) it's I mean, it's one of the most infinitely watchable horror movies I can think of. I, you know, I usually watch them two, three times, but this it's like, it's up there with like the first Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, the first two Evil Dead movies. Um, It's up there in the, I've seen this at least 15 times category. Which very few movies, period, are in that club. Yeah. But this is definitely one that that I've watched so many times. When you have and, time to
0: watch it, because it's less than 90 minutes.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an hour and a half. It's also one... I watched it... This was probably the first time in three, four years that I sat down and watched it, rather than had it playing while I was doing something else. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a perfectly reasonable movie to sit down and watch. It's, it's a good background movie, but it's also a sit down and watch it. If this is the first time you've seen it, man, sit down and watch that thing. You got, you have an hour and 26 minutes to sit and watch a movie. Um, There's a lot to pay
0: attention to in this, which as far as like, look at the sets, Look at how they're handling the lighting when something weird is happening on camera. Look at how the makeup is done. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. Like I said at the beginning, the the small details is what makes this movie um, yeah. like. And I noticed, like I said, I've I've watched this thing 15 times and I never noticed that three fingered handprint of blood on the wall until this time. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool that they did that. Um, so yeah, that, that little stuff is all over the place and man, that security guards performance is
0: (laughs) top notch. I love that guy. (laughs) He's having a pretty good time. He's having a great time. (laughs) All right. And I think before we get into reels and pitches or pitches plugs, I'm going to just go through because the real boys, uh, despite the fact that Michael and I do this pretty often
1: yes There Jack are actually
0: billings presents some nobody's real boys <laughs> there are uh there are eight real boys on the panel and sometimes more than three show up uh we also have zach weisman couldn't be here tonight he is my writing partner on some nobodies he's the editor he's also kind of the face because who wouldn't want to look at that face when you're dealing with podcasters uh, you can check him out on Twitch and upstream Uh, podcast podcast a podcast show all the some nobody stuff sometimes he guest stars on other people's shows we got phil better the canadian uh the canadian stallion which is the name of a show he's done which i i think is supposed to be a rocky title yeah it's
1: he's trying his hand at at doing like audio dramas and he's just not a very good writer it's basically just rocky and i think he just took the scripts and just replaced all the Rockies with Phil's. But like I, everything else is ba- like he's married to Adrian. It's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous.
0: It's just not compelling to listen to a boxing match. Yeah. Where, However, I will say good Foley work. Phil did his own Foley work where he actually like punched a steak to mm-hmm. get all those punching noises. So, you know, props yeah. to him. Uh, You can also find him at invest in yourself, a digital entrepreneur podcast. He has an Instagram or a Twitter tag. I just have the, I just have the handle here at podcaster Phil better. So go check him out. Apparently he's, yeah, he gives good advice.
1: He's also doing a one horror movie every day in October podcast, which I think is a little bit of a ripoff and he's calling it Schlocktoberfest, And I (sighs) think that's just not the best name for, for a a daily podcast. Uh, horror movie podcast
0: uh <laughs> whatever 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 <laughs> you say uh we've also got justin wallace of carpool shenanigans which has i think officially run down but yep. he's got animation shenanigans where he and a bunch of other weebs talk about anime uh i like anime too i'm a weeb whatever it's just now it's a term of endearment um Go listen to him. He's got good stuff. We've got Jerian Blaze who does the Cloud Chronicles and DL Smokes who does Oops Caught Me Smoking. Uh they have combined their powers to do a sports podcast called Bet That with Dan and Jerian. They do a live show, so go check them out as well. And of course, The most famous of the Real Boys, Chris Harvey, improv comedian, movie star, uh music video star, and he's got his own show, the Chris Plus Chris show. He's touring or something. He's doing something. And he also has his own quesadilla restaurant,
1: which I'm not making up. Um, Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, it's called Justin Queso, and it's in uh, Ohio somewhere. So check out huh. Justin Queso if you're in Ohio. And okay. all the pictures, all the pictures that he posts of his food look delicious.
0: Uh, in Barberton, Ohio. So yeah, that's a plug for. Just in queso, in wow, okay, cool, that's cool. That's yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. Right yeah. on, good for you, Chris. That's awesome. Ohio needs more good Mexican restaurants, yeah, definitely. Oh man, all right. Uh, where is Barberton? It's uh, oh man, I think it's Cleveland area. Uh, it's near Akron, so if you're in the Akron area, go a little okay. southwest and you'll hit Barberton. Great. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. uh, So uh, I think it's on to us now. Michael Colby, uh, give us your reels and your plugs and anything else you want to say. I'm giving this thing an
1: eight. Um, It's very watchable. There's problems with it that are more glaring every time that I watch it. (laughs) But it's still a very fun movie. Um, It's it's again, one of those things I appreciate because it's done with care for, with what they had, they made the movie that they wanted to make and you could tell that they cared about it. And I, that's one of my like top things to, to see in a movie. Um, so I'm giving this an eight. I, I watch it every year, despite the problems that I have with it. Um, but it's it's an infinitely watchable movie uh so i am going to plug all of my shows now no time to binge is going to be back very soon um sooner than i think any of us actually expected
0: yeah Uh, but it'll be back
1: yeah (laughs) so so that's a very fun show that we do uh with it's jack billings people and some nobody's people and then be highland and it's a very weird improv experience Uh, and then i have i love this terrible game which we just did our 25th episode uh so that one's going strong um we got uh generation clash which we just put out the fifth episode of that one it's about primus which is one of my favorite bands um, and then,
0: uh, I love me some fart rock.
1: Oh man. There's something about Primus. I, I know I do, that I like
0: Primus a lot, but I know fart rock.
1: whatever. And a lot of people <laughs> don't like it, but it's just so fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then Jack Billings presents, uh, my name, me and my neighbor, Michael is over. You can watch, you can listen to everything. Me and my neighbor, Michael, from beginning to end. And then we started Haunted Apartment Complex, which we took everything that we learned from our mistakes in me and my neighbor, Michael, and have fixed them. So this thing has started off crazy, and it's just getting crazier. Um, And then in October, starting today, actually right about now, if you're listening to this live, um, the first episode of Quick Cuts is out. It's uh, five to seven minutes every day. Horror movie reviews. Uh, today is Evil Dead, the first one. And tomorrow is a Robocide, also known as Killer Workout, <laughs> Ooh, which okay. I have seen before. And it's wacky. <laughs> I, I think it's in- Killer Workout. Is that the one with the giant safety pin? Giant safety pin, yes. Yeah, giant okay. pin murders in a gym. Yeah. Also, a lot of white guy karate.
0: Yeah, it's from that era. So,
1: check that. Check all of those things out. Follow me on Twitter at my neighbor m i c h one, and I post all of my new episodes whenever anything comes out, which is almost every day of the week at this point. So, (laughs) yeah, there you go. And
0: uh, yeah, I'm Dylan, and I'm giving this. I think I'm giving this a seven. It's really solid. I, it would be something. Um, it would be something I would recommend to like a collective movie night with a little disclaimer. Like, yeah, this is an 80s schlock movie. There's a lot of blood. There's some weird sex stuff going on, but it's not a creepy sex movie, yeah. but you know, it's, it's a good one to throw on during a movie night because it takes up a little, just a little bit of time. It's fun. People can kind of laugh at it. People can get up and like kind of chat a little bit and then tune mm-hmm. back in. Uh, so yeah, I'm giving this a seven, which brings us to 15 out of 20 or 7.5, which aligns pretty much perfectly with the audience rating on, on Rotten Tomatoes. So there we go. You know, we just did the job that millions of people did there. And it's just the two of us. So look at us. Yeah. I, I mean, why look at any other websites to
1: get just your movie reviews? Just get, yeah. Get just all the movie opinions
0: us. from real boys. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll, we'll give you the right opinions, um, yeah. especially when it's just me and Dylan. Um, <laughs> and then if you need to you can just skip to the very end just make sure you download um
0: leave a like and subscribe and a yeah, review and then on skip Apple to the end
1: see how many uh w- any how many reels we give it and then after you watch it then listen to the entire episode you know just make sure you delete the download and then download it on another podcast app so that yes. we get two listens for it
0: Yes. You don't have to listen to it. Uh, leave it running while you sleep on mute. So that way we can rack up our analytics. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, other podcasts that I'm involved in that you can also leave running on mute to boost their ac- analytics would be twitching upstream or talking upstream. I think it's under the name talking upstream on everything, but it, we've kind of officially shifted over into twitching upstream because we like to stream live more. You can listen to recordings. You can go check out the live show, etc. We've got the scripted show Silicon angels. We have a second season. Uh, Hypothesized,
1: <laughs> I was it'll... gonna say, I still haven't gotten my script for that one, but no,
0: you haven't. Uh, but that will happen at some point. We're all working on different stuff. Uh, we've got the CYOP appeal, create your own pod venture, which is a branching storyline. I wrote a story, which was a choose your own adventure style thing. Zach edited it all together into a cohesive web, and it would really mean a lot if you go check that out. That'd be great. It's great, Otherwise, it's amazing. I've, I've never heard. I listen to a lot of podcasts
1: and I've never had the create your own pod venture experience from anything else. It's, it's one of the best podcast ideas I've ever heard of.
0: Well, there you go from Michael's mouth itself from the mouth of madness. Um, and then, um, you know, no time to binge. Michael pitched a lot of stuff that I'm also on. So go check those out. That'd be cool. And of course the real boys. We stream live every Monday and every other Friday. And it means a lot when people pop into the chat and leave comments, we try and engage with you guys as best we can. If you are listening to this in the future for us, the present, which is right now when you're listening to it. Uh, yeah. My mind is blown. Oh man. Well, time is an illusion. So whenever you listen to this podcast, we appreciate it. Try and leave a rating and a review. If you like it. Uh, that also means a lot to us and, uh, follow me. At Vorpal Words on every platform, uh, because I managed to get onto everywhere and take that name before anyone else, which I'm glad to. Uh, I think that's it. Were
1: people people like lined up trying to
0: get that one? VorpalWords.com is some dude's marketing profile, and I'm furious. Um, Uh, (laughs) And it's so it's I'm not going to give him any more advertising. Um, Buy him out. Yeah. Oh yeah, shouldn't be any issue. He's wearing a suit in this picture. So, you know, oh. this hoodie. This what hoodie competes. Wiener. Yeah, what a wiener. On that note, <laughs> we're just a couple of wieners. We're talking about <laughs> movies. Go out, be good to each other. Yeah. Don't
1: if anybody's still if anybody's still listening because they're also wieners who have nothing to do on a Friday night, just like us two.
0: I mean, I'm committed to doing this. I could be doing something else, but I have to be here to run the show. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing else to do. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, every other Friday, check us out here where we do something random. I think next week, next two weeks on the uh, 15th, we'll be doing The Raid. The that's, Raid. A, uh, that's an executive decision on our parts. We yes. want to, to do a movie that we uh, know that we enjoy. So, yes. we're going to watch The Raid. You can yeah. watch it. I think it's available to stream uh definitely i think it's that preloaded we'll find it
1: yeah you can we're, find it i was just i was thinking about i was thinking about the raid like i think about that movie a lot um i was thinking about watching dread again yeah and i'm like i'm like yeah that movie rules maybe i'll watch like like the raid, <laughs> the raid two, and then dread, like right the in a row.
0: we set in Mega City One. Yeah. It's dread but, is great. Um, Dread's great, and so is the
1: raid. I didn't yeah. see the raid two, so I haven't
0: seen the raid two either.
1: Maybe, maybe that's what I'll do when I go to watch the raid for the show next week. I'll just watch both of them, and then maybe dread as well. But yeah, <laughs> I definitely, I am into a martial arts movie set in one area where somebody just has to work their way <laughs> like, up to the top of it. Like, uh, uh, the protector is that way. Um, yeah, this, yeah, we should do the protector at some point too. All right. Like martial arts movies are second to horror for me. I love, like, I love yeah. Tony jaw movies and, you know, raid movies and dread movies. <laughs> Anything uh, before 2000 uh, with Stallone in it.
0: (laughs) Monday, we are finally going to pay off all of the jokes we've been making since the first episode. Uh, It is Phil Better's number two movie, Boondock Saints.
1: Oh, I don't wanna. Don't be. I don't want to watch this movie again.
0: Don't be mean. (laughs) I'm don't 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 be mean, Michael. On that note, I'm gonna leave us on that note, and that's advice for everybody out there as well. Don't be mean, even if you have to watch the boondock saints for your movie podcast. I'm biting my tongue. I know how relatable that is. So I'm going to leave you all there. Enjoy your Friday nights or whatever night it is that you listen to this. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Oh, to go off road. You you gonna shoot that shot when you got the land? No, he was right on my ass, man. you Who wrote this? I did. Ask him if you got the letter. Did you get the letter? What letter? Yeah,
1: make me quick, Make me quick, make, 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 make. What's up, man? About to catch a fade,
0: huh? Sick. <laughs> Hello, my name is Enigma Montoya. Drop, 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 drop body. Let the heat flow through you.